0: I, I'm still. We're still on abiding. Still going to talk about that because I believe. I believe this is the key that we need. Praise God. If we don't. If we don't get this, then everything else is is not going to. It's just not going to work for us. Amen. We we wonder why things don't work. Well, a lot of it is the fact that we don't understand how to position ourselves. To receive the activation of God in our lives, God has given us promises, and, and we look at it, we look at this Bible a lot of times as a fantasy book because it all sounds good, but, but it, it's not working in our lives. Where's it at? You know, what, why, why, did, why aren't we being healed? Why aren't we seeing the things that, that God promises? And a lot of it is because we don't understand how to position ourselves to receive from God and to activate it in our lives. Things, things don't just, it, it's, it's not like we just, um, you know, that we get saved, and then, and then God just carefully watches to make sure nothing ever goes wrong in your life again. That is not how it is. Amen. He'll be there. He'll, he'll help you through. But, but I just got to tell you something. He's, he also wants us to toughen up a little bit. Woo. Amen. Well, that, that went over. Nobody shouted me down on that one. Amen. Any more when you talk about toughening up, being offended has become a currency. Literally, people are learning that to be offended means you have the uh, the currency to control others, and we gotta shake that off. I mean that that is just that is just absolutely pathetic. To go around offended all the time is pathetic. Amen. Amen. God made you an overcomer. Amen. Amen. That, means, that means that we don't we don't grab hold of every offense that comes our way. And you know, even even the we, we gotta learn to f- shake it off. Amen. Praise God. I'm I'm just I got several things that are running through my mind today. In the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-four, everybody turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-four, verse eleven. We are we are living in a, in a in a day where it is hard to find your footing to think you know what to think about what you know I, it it's hard to believe anybody that's supposed to be giving us information because you know what wouldn't it wouldn't it just be awesome just to get truth, amen when i read the word of god i get truth you know why i know i get truth because the bible tells us the good the bad and the ugly amen the bible doesn't just give us the highlight reel he gives us everything the bible gives us everything i mean you know david king david god said you're a man after my own heart and david just really messed some stuff up i mean and god told on him it's in a book that it was going to be read for years and you know everybody's going to be able to read it and and uh, God let it out but we uh, we're living in a in a time where where truth is is hard to get to and and to get pure truth a lot of it is slanted truth a lot of it has has an agenda to the truth and and so you know just hard to just get you know just give me the facts what was that old dragnet years ago they had you know the one one guy just give me the facts ma'am you know that that's that's what I'd like to that's kind of my philosophy when I'm talking to people. Just give me the facts. Come on. In, in uh, Matthew 24, verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, he said, and because lawlessness will abound. How many are seeing lawlessness? Kind of reading our mail, isn't it? Lawlessness abounding. The majority of people in America are just wanting to live, enjoy their life, raise their children and, and have a good life. But then there is a segment of society that is intent on destruction and annihilation and breaking all, getting rid of all law. I got to tell you something, law is, enforcement is here to make sure and make us abide by things that we should be abiding by anyway. Amen. Praise God. We should be doing it anyway, but law enforcement has to be there. Amen. How many? How many of you hit your brakes every time you see a police officer? Come on. Amen. Yeah, it's we 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 are always trying to just get you know a little bit further, a little bit more, and and uh, you know some people. Everyone, have you ever? Have you ever, you know, you complain about that, but have you ever been driving and somebody just just being ridiculous, crazy, and you say, where's a police officer when you need one? Come on, Dave. Where you at, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> See, we we don't want to get caught by him, but then we where's where's a police officer when we need? One? I, I had to laugh the other day, one of the one of the people that is that is uh, campaigning for defunding the police. Uh, some people tried to break in her house, and she called nine one one, called the police. <laughs> I, that is that is that is hilarious. <laughs> Amen. Defund the police, all except for when I need them. We're a selfish bunch, aren't we? You may we're confused bunch, but lawlessness, because lawlessness is abounding, it says the love of many will grow cold, and this is the battle that we're in today, and as we're talking about abiding, we, we need, turn with me to the book of John chapter 15, because abiding has everything, the very core of abiding in God has to do with love. Very confusing topic for a lot of people. What is love? The love that we're talking about, the agape love, is the, is is the God kind of love. And and we, we're, I'm going to try to develop this and help us understand. You can't do this by yourself. You can't love like this by yourself. Matter of fact, this love is not initiated or diminished by the actions of others. I'm going to say that again. This kind of love is not initiated nor diminished by the actions or behavior of others. The kind of love that we're talking about is not dependent on reciprocation, Reciprocity has nothing to do with this. And that's hard for us to understand because we live in a culture of performance-based love. If you perform the way I want you to perform, if you make me feel the way I want to feel, then then I will love you. If you do the things that I want you to do, then I will love you. It's a performance-based love. And yet, when we love somebody, we do the things they want us to do. Kind of confusing, isn't it? To understand, to understand love, to understand that, that, you know, the God kind of love, we understand love, we use the word love all the time. I love this, and I love that, and I love, you know, we're always talking about I love, I love, I love. But that isn't always the God kind of love. That is, that is uh, there's several types of, of love, several type words in the, in the Greek for love, and, and different levels of love. Matter of fact, when Jesus was talking to Peter, after Peter had failed, and, and he began to confront him about what he had done, and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter would answer, yes, Lord, I love you. But Peter was using a different word than Jesus was using. Jesus was saying, Peter, do you agapeo me? In other words, love me with the God kind of love. And Peter would, would answer with something like, I phileo you. I love you according to man's love. I love you like, like uh, you know, others love. And, and I love you like I love fish. I love you like I love pizza. And Jesus asked him twice, if he agapeo me do you agapeo do you love me with the unconditional god kind of love and peter both times answered with a lesser form of love and finally jesus used the same word that peter used and said do you love me this much and it broke peter's heart because he realized what jesus was trying to get to and he every time he said if you love me feed my sheep you got to understand that the love of God never just has to do with you and God it has to do with you and God and everybody around you matter of fact God will not accept love from you you will not give to others wow that's hard isn't it especially when somebody's done you wrong when somebody when when somebody's hurt your feelings or when somebody's abandoned you or betrayed you and and, and and that that 's hard to overcome isn 't it it's hard it 's hard to push through that and and actually love somebody i have a I have a personality type which my my daughter in law uh told me about here while back just studying some kind of thing and my love is is very i i love people and i hang on i mean i i hang on to people i i keep pushing through i keep hoping i keep pushing. But once somebody proves to me that they are going to be manipulative and deceitful, all of a sudden I flip the switch and I just, you're just not part of my world anymore. Not that I hate you, not that I dislike you, I'm just, you're just not in my world anymore. And my daughter-in-law tried to help me understand that and, um, because she's just like me. And many of us have different types. You know, it takes a long time for you to get me to that point. But once you get me to that point, it's just like a switch flips, and I still care about you. I'll do anything for you, but I'm just not connected anymore. Isn't that weird? I'm being, I'm being vulnerable and honest. Most pastors won't do that. If you don't appreciate that, turn the TV off, whatever you are watching and all that kind of stuff. Get your iPhone out and start playing games because that's where we end right there. I am honest, I am vulnerable, and I am real as a pastor, and I will not preach deceptive things. If I can't push through it, I'm not going to preach it on you. Come on, somebody. Lighten up. Lighten up. So love, to understand love, is to understand the God kind of love because all of us have characteristics. You know, I, I wish I could spit out all the all that right now, the, you know, the different types. Uh, everybody has different types of, of love. Uh, there, there's a lot of people have a very needy love where you constantly need somebody to prove to you that, that they love you. You're always needing uh, somebody to prove to you, to, to rise up to the occasion, to give you something, to some action some and, and if they're not constantly doing that then then you start saying, well you don't love me, well you don't love me, well you don't love me and you're constantly wanting people to prove your love, their love to you and that's a very needy uh, type of love that, that is, is based on a void in your life that can never be filled up because you, you can't grab, you can't receive what they're giving you. Amen you simply can't receive it no matter how much somebody does for you you will never believe that they love you because you have an indifference in your heart toward people well that's going over hard isn't it you say no it's them no it's you you have an indifference in your heart toward people and you're not able to love them that way, but you're always wanting them to prove to you that they love you. And so you you just want demand, demand, demand. But the whole thing is you are trying to fix yourself and fix your own love by others sowing into your life, okay? See, there's all types of the way that we love. There's, there's all types of, of personalities and the way we receive. But when it comes to the God kind of love, none of those personalities matter anymore. Why? Because the God kind of love is not contingent upon the behavior of others. It loves because it is its nature. In other words, it gives out of who it is, not what it's receiving. Oh, come on, somebody. That's like honor. To to honor people does not mean that that person is, is, is honorable. It means you are. Amen. I show honor to people because that's what comes out of me. If, I'm a, if I have dishonor in me, then I will, I will give other people dishonor, okay? But if I have honor in my heart, then I will rise above and beyond. I will go above and beyond to show honor to people, even if I don't feel like they qualify for my honor. Woo. We're getting a nitty-gritty today, ain't we? God did not ask us to love according to our abilities to love. Oh, we got to get into this, okay? In uh, John chapter 14, verse 15 through 24. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will will see, see me no more, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you and me, and I and you, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Okay? Judas, not Ascariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Amen. Now, how do we differentiate between the performance-based love that this world operates in and Jesus saying, if you love me, keep my commandments? Does that not sound like performance-based love? It's, a lot of it is in the understanding of our terminology and the wording. And I like what the the Passion Translation in both verse 15 and verse 23, where it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I I like this. Now, everybody get your ears open because I want you to hear this. Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. Did you hear what I just said? Loving me. In the King James Version, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In the Passion Translation, it's like this. Loving me empowers you to keep my commandments. Totally turns it around, doesn't it? See, the love of God is not something we can work up, that we can come up with, that we can manufacture somehow, and that's one of the things that's been frustrating us as Christians, because we're trying to live up to something instead of just receiving it. We, we, we're trying to live up to Jesus, measure up. We're trying to measure up to Jesus, amen? And we, we can't measure up to Jesus, because every time, every time we think that we're getting there, we find another fault or we make another mistake. And, and there we blew it. And then we want to try to figure out how to get God to love us again and because we blew it. And, 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 and we're trying to measure up. And you can't measure up. You know, if if I get around somebody that's real tall, if I think that's what, you know, I should be, which I'm not, which I'm glad because the world was made for 5 foot 10 guys. <laughs> Doorways, cars, airplanes. Everything was made for guys my size. I can sit in an airplane and my feet do not touch the seat in front of me. And I watch them big old tall guys get on those airplanes and they're trying to figure out how to get their legs in there and you know and, and they're miserable and uncomfortable and I'm sitting there thinking, man, short is good. When I was was a kid, I wanted to be six foot five. I mean, that was my—I would pray every night for God to make me six foot five. Why? Why six foot five? Where did I get that? I don't know. But I would pray every night, and and all of a sudden I started growing, and my faith failed somewhere because my feet reached the size, but the rest of my body did not reach it. All of a sudden, my feet started growing. The rest of my body didn't grow. And I had these, these clown shoes I wore. I just, they just flopped out in front of me just like it. I would trip over everything. I, I, saw, I saw my coach in basketball fall down between the bleachers because he was laughing so hard because I was running down the court and the black line in the middle. I tripped, I tripped about the time, stubbed my toe, and I fell down. Right at that black line. And I hear somebody laugh. I look over and my coach is laying in between the bleachers laughing. He finally got up enough to say, watch out, Tim. That black line sticks up just a little ways. And they always tease me about my feet, you know. My brother-in-law, bless his ever-loving heart, would actually call my parents' house and asked to talk to me and I'd get on the phone and he'd say, I need to go skiing this weekend. Can I borrow your tennis shoes? (laughs) Of course, I deserved everything he gave me because I made his life miserable. (laughs) When he would come to... (laughs) When he would come to pick up my sister to go out on a date, he would try to talk her into walking up to the end of the driveway so he didn't have to encounter me when he came to the house. Because when he would come to the house, when I knew it was him, when the door would open, I would hit him, and we would go flying out in the yard, and he had to fight me every time he come to pick up his, my sister to go on a date. And, and he, he, he really hated me for a while, but he's got over it. He loves me now. But see, if, if, if I felt like that was necessary, then I would always be trying to measure up. You know, both of my sons are, are quite a bit bigger than I am, quite a bit taller than I am, you know. And I always always told them that that didn't matter. You know what I'm talking about? I told them, I told them you know what? I told, them, I told them, I said, guys, leave me alone because old men will hurt you as fast as possible because we don't have endurance and we get hurt easy so we're going to hurt you just as fast as we can <laughs> and, and mama's going to be hollering don't hurt him!" that's what I heard for years don't hurt him until the last time we got in a wrestling match and all of a sudden I heard a diff- different sound and, and mama's over there saying don't hurt him he's getting old just took the fire out of me i just kind of i i stopped wrestling just turned around and looked at her i said really (laughs) of course she was right but see we're always trying to measure up to something you know women in america start their life out being bombarded by images that they're supposed to measure up to you're supposed to measure up to this. And you're supposed to measure up to that. And, and all the, the models on these runways, my goodness, would somebody please get them a cheeseburger? They are nothing but bones. Who in the world decided that bones was beautiful? I mean, the poor things are starving to death, and yet they're put out there like this is what you're supposed to. Did you know there is a size less than zero in clothes now? I didn't know zero had had a lesser number, but you know what I'm talking about, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. You're just being obstinate with me right now. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna let you. I ain't gonna agree with you about nothing. Let my secrets out. One thing about it, if you got a good pair of nice pair of shoes on, everything in the world's right. Okay, all right. Now I'm now I'm getting some agreement here. Praise God. Woo! I thought I was gone. I thought I was a goner there for a minute. I had my niece tell me that. I, she she just loves shoes. I said, "What do you what are, What's the thing about shoes?" She said, "Because no matter how the rest of me looks, if I got a nice pair of shoes on, I'm good." I said, "Okay." Amen. My biggest thing about shoes is, are they comfortable? But <laughs> well, we're always trying to measure up. And we translate that to Jesus. And we're, we, we think, okay, we got the commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Okay, I, I got to keep the commandments because I, got, I want God to know I love him. So i got to keep his commandments, and if I don't keep his commandments, he's not going to think I love him, and he's not going to love me. That don't even sound right when you t- look at, at what love means. Our terminology about God has been contorted because of our un- misunderstanding of the King James language and the way we talk and our, our society and what we believe. And because of that, we're always thinking that we got to somehow perform in a right way or God just simply isn't going to love us. And yet, first John says that God is love. He's not trying to love, he's not trying to produce it. He is naturally base characteristic. He is the very the very foundation and definition of love. Okay? So if if his if his character is love, how can he not love? He would have to deny his character. I had Holy Spirit asked one time as a preacher. I never felt like I measured up for years. And I never, never felt like I measured up. You know, I was always, I was always trying. I, I thought, man, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. In order for, you know, Jesus to be proud of me, in order for God to love me, and I got I to gotta measure up. I got to do all this stuff. And one day God spoke to me. I was praying in the auditorium right here matter of fact if i don't trip over my untied shoelace i was right here walking and praying and i was walking up this aisle and all of a sudden holy spirit said why do you think you're powerful enough to change god's character and i stopped and i thought what i said well i don't think i'm powerful enough to change God's character he said then why do you think you can stop God from being who he is I "I, I didn't know I was and this is where he took me to his first John he said God is love so if God can't love you then somehow you are so powerful that you can change the very nature of God I thought wow that's quite, a, that's quite a statement, quite a mouthful. And yet the Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, in order to understand this, you have to understand that you did not possess the ability to love God until you first received the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. God loved first, and God released his love to you in order for you to be able to turn around and release his love back to him. Because we don't have the ability to do what he's telling us to do right here. Number one, we can't keep his commandments. Children of Israel prove that, and they're no different than we are. Amen, we look at that and we think, man, what dummies, you know. They, they shouldn't have done that. Well, that, why couldn't they have done this? Why couldn't they? And then we step back and look at our lives and we think, wow, yeah, I ain't no different than they are. huh? And so we, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Passion Translation says, my love will empower you to be able to keep the commandments. You can't and Until we receive Jesus into our heart and receive the love of God into our heart, we are incapable of doing what Jesus is talking about here because it has to be imparted to us before we can give it back. Come on, somebody. Next time you're having trouble loving somebody, say, God, this is too big for me. I'm going to have to rely on you. I'm going to I'm gonna have to let you love through me. Amen. Because I can't love through this. I can't do this. And see, when we start allowing God's love to live inside of us and operate out of us, our personalities begin to be overcome by the love of God and the nature of God. And then we begin to be able to do what we naturally cannot do. Amen. When we look at what's going on in our world today, there's so much hatred right now. I mean hatred, hatred, hatred. It's just spewing hatred. You know, I don't, I, I don't watch the news. And I know that just freaks a lot of people out. I did not watch the presidential debate, and I did not watch the vice presidential debate. You know why? Because I am... I look at things from a certain perspective. You don't have to fit all my parameters as long as you fit certain ones. Amen. I don't need a Sunday school teacher to be president. I need somebody that's going to protect the Sunday school teachers. Amen. Amen. I sure ain't gonna. I sure don't want to listen to a bunch of people throwing hate at each other all the time. <sighs> if we could just get down to common sense and stuff, it it, it would solve some some things. If we could get rid of agendas, you know, I th- I think we need to put a bunch of farmers and ranchers in Washington D.C. Because they learn how to solve problems with little, little of nothing. Amen. Praise God. I'm chasing rabbits today, ain't I? Everybody say amen. Praise God. Somebody shoot that rabbit. We, uh, when we talk about the love of God, we, 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 need, we need to understand that to abide, what we've been talking about, abiding in him, abiding in the vine, is absolutely impossible unless you get to this part because abiding in the vine is being connected to the love and nature of God to love. It's, it's not something that, that is, is uh, easy to understand for me. You know what? I I have a I have a hard time with martyrdom. I do. Can we be real? Amen. Do you want the polished preacher or or do you want the real? All right, we're going to do the real. I have a real hard time with martyrdom. With people being killed by Muslim groups, stuff like that, being beheaded and just just sitting there letting them take their head off. I, I have a problem with that. That's my that's my nature, that, that's having a problem with this, you know. Because I'm thinking, if if this is going to happen, I ain't going to just kneel down on the devil's, you know, under the devil. You know, that's my attitude. I ain't going to just, well, I ain't going to just, you know, give myself to somebody that wants to kill me. I mean, you know. What? And I have a real problem with the devil being able to overpower the people of God. Man, I have a problem with that. You know, it's like, <laughs> that just looks silly. And yet, we read in the Bible, there's so many that have paid the price. I understand that. Jesus even told the apostles that they would, they would die for him. I understand that. Amen. And I love people. I've traveled all over the world. I've never felt such love in my life as I do when I travel in other countries and preach the gospel, and there's just this pouring out of the presence of God and just, just love and compassion, and I, I love it. But i got to tell you something. They want to square off with me. I'm not going to just kneel down and say, okay, beat me up. I'm a Christian. I know some of y'all was thinking, ooh boy, you ain't much of a preacher. I've seen all, I've seen how y'all act. I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> we got all we got off a plane in the mid, in the middle of the night in a city in India. And we we're supposed to go from the international airport to the domestic airport and so I was asking around where how do we get to the domestic airport and and they kept saying the bus the bus the bus well there was no bus I couldn't see no bus and so we we had all of our luggage was dragging all of our luggage around I was trying to find out where the bus is and finally somebody I said where's the bus to the to the domestic airport and finally somebody pointed at this bus sitting down in the dark I mean, there was no lights. You know, it's not like here where everything's lit up real nice. And this, this bus is sitting down there in the dark, and they said, that's, you know, that's the bus. So here, go, me and Betty, we stand out like, like, you know, incandescent lighting in the dark anyway. I mean, we just kind of glow in the dark in places like that. And here we go walking down through. there carrying our luggage, and all of a sudden, we're surrounded by these young Indian guys. And they start trying to take our luggage away from us. And I kept saying, get back, get back, get back, you know, let go. Well, all of a sudden one of them just jerked the luggage out of Betty's hands and and took off. Well, you know, I'm saying, okay, okay. As long as he stays with us, as long as he stays. I knew what there's wanting, there's wanting money. But I didn't know what their end game was, you know? And we're we're walking off down into the dark in a foreign country surrounded by these young guys. And we get down to the bus and all of a sudden they start demanding money. And there was a bunch of them. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna play along here. Just, you know, I'm, I'm showing the love of God. I'm gonna love these people come here to preach the gospel we're gonna love these people praise God I got my bill fold out and started handing out one dollar bills you know they threw those one dollar bills on the ground and started demanding more money and started getting real aggressive like they was gonna take our luggage they was gonna get rough with us and all this kind of stuff you know and and I'm having this war going on inside of me all right all right, we're, gonna, we're here to love people. We're going to love people. You know, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. And finally they pushed me to the point where I said, boys, I'm about to kill some Indians. Get back. And they, they started backing up a little bit. And I said, I gave you a dollar if you don't think that's good enough. I didn't ask you to carry this luggage. I didn't ask you to do anything. Now, I mean for you to get away from us. Love you. (laughs) And it was still dark, and they just kept kind of hanging around. And I went up, and I looked at the bus. There was nobody there, no bus driver. Boy, I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling you the truth right now. I got up there to the bus, and I, re- I thought, oh, I know how to do this. And I grabbed that door and popped it like that, and the door opened up. Betty started handing me luggage. I started throwing it on the bus. I got her on the bus, and I told him, I said, get out of here. And I closed the door. Now, some of y'all sitting there thinking, well, I wouldn't have done that. I didn't see you there. That was kind of one of those places where I love you, but if you touch my life, if you touch my wife, you are in big trouble, son. I'm going to love you the whole time I'm stomping a a hole in you. Then I'm going to tell you about Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know where I'm coming from. And then we get in this tug of war of, okay, what is the love of God and what is not the love of God? When do we show the love of God and when do we not show the love of God? I got to tell you something. If one of them would have whipped out a machete and said he's going to take my head off that night, I would not have given him my head. Didn't mean I hated him. Didn't mean I didn't love him. It just meant... That I wasn't going to allow them to abuse me and my wife. We are living in a time in the U.S. where if you disagree with somebody, you don't love them. That is silliness. You can still disagree with somebody and still love them and still accept them. And we've got to get over this little, little, little. All right. Fill in the blanks, sir. It's pettiness. We as the children of God, as I said last week, we we God has called us to be humble, but yet not weak. We are powerful in God. It's just so we don't go around telling everybody about it. Amen. See if I if I, if I wasn't if I wanted to be proud and everything I wouldn't have just told you that story. Because a lot of y'all are thinking, man, this guy, this guy is not what he should be, amen. Well, you know, I just you, I, I'm just going to follow you around, and see just what you <laughs> see what you do, because there are situations in our life where we say, it doesn't matter if I love this person, I can't allow this person to do harm and damage. You understand what i'm talking about it's like domestic violence if i know that a lady is being abused i do not encourage her matter of fact i will do everything in my power to get her out of that situation it doesn't have anything to do with whether we love or not it's the fact that somebody has decided that they can take away the rights of somebody else and abuse somebody else and that is not right and so we stop it Amen. I am just getting right in the middle of it today, ain't I? How do you you love somebody that is that is abuser? You don't allow them to abuse. That's how you love them. You confront their problem and their character. Doesn't mean you don't love them. It means you love them enough to not let that happen anymore, amen. Woo, somebody else wanna come up here and preach this message this morning? We're getting right in the middle of it. See, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, and one of the greatest commandments was love the Lord your God with everything in you and love your neighbor as yourself. So there's three people that you should be loving. Loving God, loving your neighbor, Loving yourself, okay? So when we we understand that he's saying keep my commandments, then we realize that I can't do that unless I receive the empowering ability of God inside of me to make that happen because I don't have the ability to do it. Amen. But... When we receive the ability from God, then he empowers us, amen. He empowers us to do what is impossible for us to do. And then we're able to love those that we normally would not be able to love, amen. Hallelujah, to be able to to reach out, You know, a lot of times God shows me in people's lives that their lives are totally, I mean, just totally a mess, totally destroyed. And yet God shows me what he's put inside of them. God shows me what his desires are, and I speak to that. I don't speak to the mess that they're in. I speak to that. Why? Because that's God showing how much he loves us. He has has a desire to bless your life, and he has has ideas of how he wants to mold and bless you and, and help you to come to fullness, and that's what he wants to speak to. So when I'm dealing with somebody like that, I, won't, I don't walk up to them and start enumerating their sins. No, I usually start talking about what God has for them and what God's put inside of them and how that how the God wants, wants to, don't I, Ricky? Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. And when we, when we do that, then we are opening the door for people to be be able to understand and receive the love of God because God is not pushing them down, God is pulling them up. What God is saying is, you can't do this, you can't live this, but I can, I've done it, now let me help you, let me into your life, and I will empower you to do what you have not been able to do. Amen. What a powerful thing to see God rebuild a life that's been destroyed by, by, by this world. And that's, that's the awesomeness of God, awesome love of God. Amen. Amen. Love, love originates in God. And a love originates from God. And when we receive from him, then we have tapped into the origin, the very origin of love. And when we tap into the origin of love and it begins to live inside of us, all of a sudden we are attached to the vine, so we begin to produce what? What? We begin to produce the fruit of what we're tapped into, not who you are. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God produces his fruit working with your personality? Come on. God doesn't just remove your personality. He, 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 he perfects it by, by bonding his presence and power with you because he created you and he will take you and get and the the strengths that he's given you and the weaknesses and he'll change all that to where it begins to bear fruit and bring forth glory and honor to God and each person there is no cookie cutter thing here. I mean I mean God didn't take us and just you know just cookie cutter. God created each one of us very different with different characteristics. And then he works with that and empowers you with his presence and works through who and what he created you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. So how do you love the way God loved? First, you have to receive the love of God. Amen. I've seen this demonstrated at different times in ways that, that just astounded me. To be able to love. You know, I've seen, I've seen people show love to people that have taken the lives of their children. And I, know, I think to myself, that is, that is God. Because naturally we wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't be able to do that. But God can. Amen. You know, really challenged my heart. You know, I'm I'm kind of a uh, what would you call it? I don't wanna say militant. If something's going wrong, I'm I'm gonna I i am to i want to fix it. You know? And I watch these riots and stuff and, and I watch, you know, burning people's businesses and that didn't do anything wrong. These people didn't do anything wrong, and 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 hurting people, and people being killed, and all this kind of stuff. And my nature rises up and says, "Well, we just need to go in and stop this." Amen. We just need to go in and stop this. Amen. <laughs> I had family in the ball knobbers, and that that thing tries to rise up in me every once in a while. You know, we just need to stop this thing. We need a bunch of old, bunch of us old redneck boys get together. And we can go in there and shut these rides down. You know, that's 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 the way I think. You know, kind of aggravates me. You know, I I see them just running wild, and nothing being done about it, and that that goes totally against my idea of what society is and what. and and what life is and and you know and and you know you're gonna come to my house and and threaten me and you know stuff like that ain't gonna work and then I look at Sean Foyt who every day invades that atmosphere with the love of God let us worship he goes in there they reject him They abuse him. They tear up their instruments. They they do all kinds of stuff to try to stop him. and, And he just keeps coming. And he just keeps talking to him, you know. They they shut him out one place, he just goes over here and starts starts doing worship. They shut him out there, he just goes over here and starts worshiping. And I watch that and I think that is God. That's the love of God right there. And he is taking the power and love of God into a society that is full of hate and he's changing the atmosphere. Amen. Now that's how God's love works. See, if you change the atmosphere and you change what's causing it, then you change the situation. And we as a church, that's our that's our position, is to change the atmosphere. Change the culture. Amen. Praise God. I hope I didn't. I've been trying to walk through this thing of soulish and spiritual and you know how we respond and how god responds and and how we understand you know hope i didn't get too real with you today you can take it can't you amen you can take it it's uh you know you you just got to understand there was a guy come up to me one time and he said you're a preacher right and i said yeah he said you're supposed to be sanctified aren't you i said yeah we try I didn't know where he was going with this. And he said, Well, I'm just going to haul off and slap you right across the face. And if you're sanctified, you won't do nothing about it. I stood there grinning, thinking, God, what in the world am I supposed to say here? And I said, Well, son. Do what you feel like you need to do. But I just want you to know you're gambling on just how sanctified I am today. <laughs> so it could go either way here. You know, I, I'm not going to guarantee anything. And uh, we'll just see what happens. So just go ahead. He didn't. And I'm glad because I'm not sure I'd have passed the test. Amen. Just being honest with you. I'm not sure I'd have passed that test that day. Number one, I didn't like his attitude. I might have felt like I needed to, to, to enforce behavior. You know what I'm talking about? I'm wearing some of y'all slick. I mean, just just, you're just getting plumb wore out. It's like, oh, man, do we do or don't we? Well, in ourselves, it's impossible. But thank God we're not in ourselves. Thank God we have the Spirit of Christ in us. And when we yield to the Spirit of Christ, he changes everything he changes our personality he changes our character he changes how we act and what we can't do he can do paul said i can do all things through christ he strengthens me and if there was ever an example of the love of god besides jesus it was apostle paul because he went into a city i talked about this here a while back he went into a city and preached And they drug him outside that city and stoned him to death. He died. He ascended to heaven. He said, he he didn't want to name his name. He said, I know a man about 13 years ago that went to the third heaven. Well, that was him. And he went and he heard things. I mean, God talked to him and then said, okay, now you got to go back. And they say, you know, Paul is waking up in this pile of rocks and he shakes the rocks off and gets up and goes right back into the same city that just stoned him to death and starts preaching the gospel again. That, my friend, is power. That's the power of God in a fleshly body. And that's what we need. Stand with me, if you would. The love of God is beyond our comprehension, and yet it is ours. He's given it to us, and we receive it freely. He said freely have have received, freely give. And he said, "Don't don't just love me, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. What's that look like? What's that look like, loving your neighbor? What's it look like when you love, love yourself? Is that narcissism? Where you stand and admire yourself in a mirror? No. Loving yourself is accepting yourself. I always say the foundation of love is respect, appreciation, and acceptance. If you're going to love somebody in a relationship, number one, you've got to accept who they are, not, not try to change them into the image that you want them to be. You've got to accept who they are. Number two, you've got to show respect to that person. Even if you don't feel like they deserve you, you show respect. Number three is appreciation. You demand of yourself to show appreciation. You don't wait for somebody to do something. You don't wait for your mate or somebody to do something to make you feel like being appreciative. You show appreciation because that's who you are and that's what you want to invest. And you're investing. And you're investing appreciation. You're investing respect. You're investing acceptance. Not because of what's happening, what they're doing to you, but because of who you are. And that's the power of the gospel I'm talking about today. This does not is not contingent upon the behavior of people around you even though the behavior of people around us will affect us but when that happens we turn to God and say God I need you to manifest in my life right now Father I thank you for your word I thank you God for your goodness Lord, as, we, as, as we've tried to sort things out today and, and just try to reveal how this thing works, Lord God, that it works because you are, of who you are. Not because of what we can do, but because of who you are. And Lord, when we let your love come into our life, you empower us, you give us the ability to keep your commandments and to show love and respect to you by keeping your word. And Father, I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. I've been preaching this message today I I absolutely know for sure that there are people in this congregation that have experienced things some even recently that you've been struggling with how do I love through this how do I I approach this how do I show the love of God in this situation well you just got to receive it there's no One, two, three, four. It's called yielding and submitting. I want us just to take that situation right now. You know what it is. I want you to just take that situation right now and give it to God and say, Father God, here it is. I can't deal with this. Come on, just give it to him. God, here it is. I can't deal with this. I can't do it. I don't know how to do this, Father. But I know you can do everything. And I know your power is great enough. And Lord, I just receive from you today. I receive the ability that I don't have. Empower me. Empower me, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's people around you. Amen. Just just grab, grab somebody's hand there. I know some of y'all don't like that, but just grab somebody's hand there. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for this just to be a wholesale thing. I mean, God moving in our lives. Hallelujah. I want you just be able to begin to pray for that person on each side of you and just ask God's love. Just the love of God to begin to manifest in their life. Father, I thank you for God's love. I thank you for the love of God, just overcoming every obstacle, every hurt, every offense. Lord, I thank you, God, for your love overcoming and overpowering in this person's life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.